Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. For the work that you've done in our lives to get us to this point. Father, we thank you. Thank you. For being the lover of our souls. Father, we thank you. For being the joy and the keeper of our minds. Father, we thank you. 
We know that everything is not all perfect, but it could be worse. So, Father, we thank you. 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 It's with grateful hearts that we come to you today. It's with grateful hearts that we come to you today. Realizing and recognizing that you are the lover of our souls. The keeper of our minds. The joy of the whole earth. And today we offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. We ask that you would allow for all the impurities in our lives to be burned up by the power in your great name. Yes. You would help us to be more like you as we come to this place of worship. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. Speak, Lord, your servants are hearing. Let your will be done and your ways be made known. Heal those that need to be healed. Save those that need to be saved. Deliver those that need to be delivered. I feel like I'm praying by myself. Deliver those that need to be delivered. Watch over those that need to be watched over. In the name of Jesus, we've come to you, not to church. We've come Yes, Lord. Come to you. We've come to you. We've come to you. We've come to you. And we thank you for being the one who does all things well. (laughs) We glorify you. We praise you. We magnify you. In Jesus' mighty name and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Can we clap our hands and give God praise? Sometimes it's just important to get to where we need to be in worship and allow the Lord to minister and move in that vein. Sometimes we just need to take a bath in the spirit of the king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wash ourselves in the water of the word. and Allow God to just remind us that he's right here with us. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, the Emmanuel is right here providing right here for us. We thank him and we praise him in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. All right, let's get to work. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And Put your finger in Acts chapter 3. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. You can put your finger in Acts chapter 3 if you want to. You don't have to, but you can if you want. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 is where we will focus. Reads as follows. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing 
so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. There's a title for this message. It's really simple. Y'all know I ain't tricky. We give through offerings. We give through offerings. There's a book written by a gentleman by the name of Mike Napa and co-authored by another gentleman named John Maxwell. The book is called Who Moved My Church? Who Moved My Church? Who Moved My Church? Some of y'all are wondering now, who moved your church? You're so used to having church the way that you're used to having church that you wonder who moved your church. And this book is a book that's written by Mike Napa and John Maxwell to communicate that church as we knew it is no more. Say amen, somebody. Church as we knew it is no more. In seasons past, church was a requirement for people. In seasons past, you weren't able to get to Sunday dinner unless you first went to Sunday morning service. In seasons past, it was even a requirement at some job, some places of employment, that you were a member of the right church in the right community to get the right job. But saints, that season is over. That season is over. Now we're in a season where people get to make decisions about where they worship. People make decisions about how they worship. And people make decisions about when they worship. This is why our culture-making moment for this week is, as a church called the Church of Redeemer Baptist, we embrace change. We embrace change. This church has a fantastic history of 55, almost 56 years of serving God's people in South Philadelphia. But the way church has been for all of those years over the last two, it has been turned on its head. I hear about some potato salad that everybody would enjoy, you know. But we ain't been eating potato salad for quite some time. I hear about these meals that y'all would share with other people. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to have some, but we, we haven't been eating together for quite some time. We're used to having a full room of one, two, maybe even three services with an afternoon and all of the things. But we're not worshiping the way that we used to. Why? Because sometimes God moves. Hello. Sometimes God moves. And as a people who are following God, we need the people who move with the move of God. We don't need to be a people that are just so trans, uh, so traditional in our worship that we get stuck and the church moves beyond where we allow God to take us. This is why I'm grateful for everybody that's worshiping online, because God has moved, not just outside of the building, into these virtual spaces. And we are not going to go back to what we were ever again. Say amen, somebody. We, may, we will be gathering just next week. We will be gathering again. So wear your stuff. Come to church ready to worship in the building. 
But yeah. we will never, ever, ever be without a virtual outlet. There are people all around the world that need to know what's going on at the Church of the Redeemer Baptist. And God has given us the opportunity to share. Why would we want to go back to what we're familiar with? just because it's familiar. <laughs> Why would we want to go back to what we're familiar with just because we want to do what we've always done? There's a world out there that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus the Christ from people that look like them. There's a world out there. And the way that they can get to 24th and Dickinson in South Philadelphia is through the airwaves. Do you know how much this used to cost churches <laughs> to, to allow for the word of God to be shared? And now we can do it at almost for free. <laughs> almost for free. God has been faithful to us. God has moved our church and we will embrace change. We are moving with the move of God. This is what Jesus was communicating in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 when he shares the Sermon on the Mount. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about all of the things that Moses had established. He talks about all of the things that Moses had established and all of the things that Moses had established in the book of Deuteronomy are the things that the Jews were willing to practice. They were, excuse me, in practice in worship for the benefit of the, the Jewish people understanding what it looked like to be who they were. And every rabbi from the time of Moses all the way up to the time of Jesus, and even through now, every rabbi took the words of Moses in Deuteronomy and interpreted those words in a way that allowed for their followers to understand what it would look like to follow them. When Jesus talked about it, he talked about it from the perspective of three non-negotiables. He says a lot of things, but he says, in our faith, we have three things, three things that are non-negotiables. And you've heard me say it before. You will hear me say it a whole lot more times because I want to make sure that we as a body and we as a church understand that these are things that we will do forever. There are three non-negotiables of our faith. They are fasting, it's giving, it's praying. Everything in the Sermon on the Mount is communicated as interpretation or explanation by Jesus of what Moses said. And I need to be clear in the fact that Jesus was not saying that Moses was wrong in any way. When Jesus communicated the Sermon on the Mount from the perspective of the Sermon on the Mount, he wasn't saying Moses said this and it's wrong. This is what really should be done. Quite the contrary. Jesus is saying that Moses was absolutely correct and sharing in that, that in the, a way that helped his followers understand what those words meant in action to those that were following him. He was establishing rabbinical order. As a teacher, he needed to tell the people what he was all about so they would understand 
what and who they were following. And I will offer that this series, I didn't understand this before I had to prepare this message, but I will offer that these culture-making moments are a shift in culture for the benefit of us following a new leader. I will offer that God is actually trying to help us understand where we're going and what we're doing, not just from a biblical perspective, from a cultural perspective as well. See, if you were called by a rabbi, if you were called to follow a rabbi, you would be taken into their set of rules, and you would, you would be taking in their teachings, taking their teachings upon you with the idea that one day you would perpetuate their ideas to future generations. Around the age of 14 or 15 years old, the young men who finished their schooling and then would go and see the rabbis, and the rabbis would go to these schools and question these young men. (laughs) And they would then choose the best of the best to be their disciples and would call them using the same phrase that Jesus used to his disciples. Hey, follow me. They would go up to these young men and they would say, hey, follow me. And the rabbi would then find out if they had what it took to spread his yoke, his teachings, And the new disciple would then leave his hometown and everything he knew and would follow them everywhere, giving their life to be exactly like his rabbi. And they would follow so closely that there was a phrase that would be communicated. They would look at these young men and they would say, may you be covered by the dust of your rabbi. May you follow these teachings so closely because they didn't have the airwaves to share. May you follow this person's teachings so closely. May you follow their life so closely that as they walk, when they kick up dust as they're walking down the road, you would be so close to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Not just their words, but you would be covered in their presence. You would be covered in the dust that they would walk. When they would walk, you would be dirty because you were walking that closely with the one that you were trying to learn from. Saints, I wish we had people today that would walk with Jesus so closely that we would not be ashamed to be dirtied by his presence. I wish we had people today that would be so willing to walk with Jesus so closely that you were willing to make mistakes and be covered in the dust of your rabbi, knowing that when you fell, he would be there to teach you how to get back up again. I wish we had a church that would be so closely following God that we would want to be covered in the presence of the king, that we would want to know what he wants us to do and what he doesn't want us to do, simply because we're following close enough, long enough. But this day, in this church, we've got a people that just want to hear and go. We want the benefits of being a follower of Christ but we don't want the dirt that is required by being a follower of Jesus. This is not a clean walk, saints. 
It's not always a place where you come to get happy. Sometimes you got to come and get your feelings hurt because you need to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Sometimes you need to come to church and understand that it's not going to go your way because you still need to come because you need to be covered in the dust of your rest. Sometimes you got to come to church and be willing to be rebuked because you want to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. It's not going to go your way all the time, but you still need to walk closely with the Lord because you want to be covered in the dust of your rabbi. If you wanted to walk this walk by yourself in your own way, you don't need Jesus. But I want to be covered in the dust of the king. I want to be so close to God that he changes everything about me and he counts me worthy to teach others what he has taught me. I want to be covered. I want to be covered in the dust of my rabbi. Jesus shares his ideals in ministry in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 as he, as he shares. Hallelujah. I want to be covered. <laughs> mm. My God, I want to be covered. I want to be covered. I just don't want to look the part. I want to be the part. I want to be covered. <laughs> oh, my Jesus, I love you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. Uh, Jesus. We've got too many actors in the church. We've got too many performers in the church. We need some people that want to be like Jesus, not just look like or call or be called by his name. We want some people. We need some people that want to be covered in his dust, want to live like him, want to work like him, want to love like him, want to do everything he's taught us to do as Jesus shares his ideals in ministry. Uh, Lord, I thank you for wrecking me. <laughs> Oh, we bless you as Jesus shares his ideals in ministry with his disciples, the ones already called and the ones that would come later. He was communicating what it would be like as as they followed after his this rabbi. He was saying anything, if anything was wrong with what they had learned before, they were relearning at this point. He wasn't saying that what he was teaching was any better or any worse than what other people were teaching or had taught. What he was saying was, this is a requirement of being my follower. And I wonder if we have any followers of Jesus today, people who are committed, come hell or high water, that they will let nothing separate them from his love. (laughs) Is there anybody here that are willing to walk with the Lord as the Lord walks with us through every danger, every toil, and every snare? I wonder if there is anybody here that is ready to follow after Jesus so closely that we are covered by his presence. (laughs) Mm. I don't want to lead a church that just comes to church. I want to lead a church that's covered in the presence of the king. Because when we're covered in his dust, we take his dust with us. <laughs> Do y'all get the, when we're covered in his dust, we take his dust with us. And everywhere we go, his presence. When we hug somebody, we give them the dust of the Savior. 
<laughs> put, put our hand on somebody's back. We're putting our hands. We're putting the dust of Christ. Hmm. I want to share Jesus like that. Is there anybody here that wants to be covered? So Jesus communicates. Let me hurry up. Jesus communicates. <laughs> Jesus communicates that there are three non-negotiables. Hmm. And they are what this series are all of, is all about. Fasting. We talked about that. Giving. We're talking about that. Praying. We're going to talk about in a little bit. That in a little bit. And praising. We'll get there later. When Jesus talks about giving in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about it by calling it practicing our righteousness. Go to it. Matthew chapter 6. Look at it yourself. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Practicing righteousness is what Jesus calls giving. Practicing, meaning repeating over and over again for the benefit of being the best you can be at a certain thing. Righteousness, meaning right living. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, beware that you don't repeat over and over again for the benefit of being the best you can possibly be at right living. Watch this. So that people can see you. In other words, beware that you don't do the right thing with the wrong motive. Find it interesting that because I find it interesting here because in my churchified travels, I have run across so many followers of Jesus who are blessed to have more than enough. And they practice their giving, but they give either to be seen by others or to gain favor and influence with men. And if there's a first point here, the first point is our offering should be given to God as a gift, not for manipulation. Write it down. Our offering should be given by God, given to God as a gift, not for manipulation. Jesus says to his current followers, ourselves included, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven, if all you want is to be seen by people as you give, then all you will get is praise from others for giving. But God has a reward for you that is stored up in the heavens. That is more than just someone saying, thank you very much, for your generosity. Here is your name on the door of a room in the church. Thank you so much for donating in the way that you donate. There is so much more to be gained from God when we give to God or we practice our righteousness with the right motive. If all you want is praise from people, give to be seen. But if you want what God has for you, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. 
give in a way that allows God to see every gift you have to offer and to reward you for what you give. Thus, when you give to the needy, he says, not if, Jesus goes on to say, thus, when you give to the needy, not if you give to the needy, but when you give to the needy. Do y'all see that in Matthew chapter 6? Thus, when you give to the needy, when you give to the needy. Point number two is giving is a command. But this is different from tithing, saints. We talked about tithing as a matter of the heart. You remember that? Two weeks, we talked about tithing as a matter of the heart. And that was an opportunity for you to make a decision to give your 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession to the Lord for the benefit of you putting Christ back on the throne. But this is an option for you to give above and beyond that 10%. And that option for you is this gift called an offering. It's not always monetary, though. If you look in Acts chapter 3, we find the disciples walking to worship at a time where they were going to give. They had their money, they had their offering, they had their tithe. And in Acts chapter 3, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at an hour for prayer, at the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those entering the temple. Pause right there. Chat verse number two. This man gets called, he carried to the gate of the church. In essence, he was laid on the steps of the church, knowing that the people of God were coming to give to God. And he was laying there hoping that somebody would go in their pocket and say, you know what, I got my tithe in my left pocket, and I got a little something extra in my right pocket, and I know that I see you, I want to be a blessing to you. He was playing on the needs or the generosity of the people that were coming to worship, and that was fine, but what Peter and John say as they were walking into the temple is, John, who's seeing Peter and John asked, excuse me, verse three, Peter and John asked them to go to the temple asking for alms and fixing his eyes on him. John, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Some of y'all are so stuck on the offering being monetary that you don't realize that God's given you gifts on the inside. And the gift that God's given you on the inside is a gift that will allow you, as you are covered in the dust of your rabbi, it is a gift that allows you to be the blessing, the miracle carrier that the people of God actually need. Yes, there are some of us that have extra, that are willing and should be willing to go into our pockets and give in secret so that God can reward us monetarily in the ways that we need to be rewarded. But there are some of us that have have and are carrying what the people of God need in the form of deliverance. 
There are some that are carrying in and offering what the people of God need in the form of a hug. There are some that are carrying what the people of God need in the form of a word of affirmation. There are some that are carrying what the people of God need in the form of wisdom. And if you hold back your offering to God, the people of God will not be blessed because you are walking dirty and not sharing the presence of the king with others. There are offerings that we're called to give. And if you don't have what you think you're supposed to be sowing because everybody else has a couple extra dollars, give and it shall be given unto you. Whatever you have, give it and watch the Lord bless you for it. It may not always be monetary, but God's given you something yes. that you have to give to other people. In Acts chapter 3, we see that gift giving is not always monetary, but God has given you what you need to give to others. And you can be willing to shut your vow up if you want to, but there's more that God will give back to you if you just release what God gave you. Somebody say, release it, release, release it. it. Whatever God gave you, release it and watch God give back to you. And the Bible says in Matthew, go back to Matthew chapter six. And the Bible says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And this is the kind of giving that comes with a reward. The other kind of giving, the tithe, comes with a promise. This kind of giving comes with a reward. The other kind of giving comes with a promise. I promise to open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing for you until there is no more need. But this kind of giving comes with a reward. If you do, I will too. Hello, church. If you do, I will. If you don't shut up your vows to me, then I will make sure I don't shut up my vow. You don't know where it's coming from, but God going to bless you. Help us, Jesus. You don't know how he's going to bless you, but God's going to bless you. This is the last point. Don't give to be seen, but I know God sees me. I don't give to be seen, but I know God sees me. When you are a blessing to God's people, you are a blessing to God. Somebody say, when you are a blessing to God's people, you are a blessing to God. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, I want to read it again, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's 2 Corinthians chapter two, chapter 9, verses 6 through 9. And this is why we changed the offertory scripture. Did y'all realize 
we change the offertory scripture because that's an offering. We do tithing, yes, and that's important. But we want to make sure that these verses are applied to our lives in perpetuity. God says that to us through Paul that, number one, those who give as a gift and not to manipulate. And number two, those who see a need and meet that need. And number three, God will be seen, those who are seen by God. And when our God sees us, the reward of our giving will be a response from heaven. This is the response. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The practice, your righteousness. You hear Paul talking what Jesus is talking? The righteousness that comes from giving, which is the practice of doing the right thing, the right way with the right heart. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us produces thanksgiving to God for you. Everything I have belongs to God. So why am I holding it back? My mind belongs to God. So why don't I give him my mind? My hands belong to God. So why am I holding my hands in my pocket when I see a need and not meeting that need? My life belongs to God. To God, So why am I holding myself up? Not just because of COVID fear, but because I don't want to be bothered. Why am I holding my life back? Because I don't want to be bothered to be a blessing to the people of God. Your life is an offering to the to the king, my body belongs to him, my children belong to him, my home belong to him. And oh, by the way, my bank accounts belong <laughs> to him. My assets belong to him. Everything that I am belongs to God and everything that I need belongs to God. And because of this, I know that when I give what God gave me, he will give back in ways that allow me to overflow. <laughs> Holy God, I bless you. He will give back in ways that will allow me to overflow. It may not be monetary, but it'll keep my child out of jail. (laughs) Holy God, I bless you. It may not be monetary, but it'll keep me off of life support. (laughs) It may not be monetary, but when I get sick, God will put his finger on it and give me the balance. Jesus, he'll give me the balance of my (laughs) days. He'll give it to me so that I can make what I made wrong. He'll give me an opportunity to make it right. It may not be financial, but God will supply all of my needs. Somebody say, God will supply. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches. Jesus in glory. Let your worship through giving. Be cross-shaped. I'm all done. Let your worship and giving be cross-shaped. Serve God faithfully by affirming you trust God each week. Did you hear me? Each week. By affirming you trust God each week by giving 10% of every dime and every dollar that comes into your possession to the local church. Serve others faithfully by giving when you see a need. 
and meeting that need in the way that God sees fit for you. And the God who sees in secret is the one who will reward you so that all the world can see his hand upon your life. And for this, we give our God all the praise. I have decided to follow Jesus, saints. I have decided. Cross before me, the world behind me. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. And I'm going to follow in a way that allows my giving to be seen by God. And it will allow for God to give me everything that I need. So that I won't have to worry. And I won't have to fret. Some of y'all are looking for the hand of God. But you've not sacrificed, sacrificed your life to the will of God. You're looking for God's hand to give you the reward that comes from giving but you haven't done what you need to do to put your hand in God's hand so that you can receive the reward that's promised to you so today I offer you Jesus the doors of the church are open today I offer you Jesus to make Jesus my choice road is rough, the going gets tough, and the hills are hard to climb. I started out such a long time ago, there is no doubt in my mind. To make Jesus my choice. There are some that are listening and watching with us, worshiping with us, and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now is your time, and today is your day. Now is your time, and today is your day. You know because you feel it in your heart. You don't. You don't know how to turn this off. You know. Sure, it feels like it's the end, and it is the end of the service, and that's cool, but it's not the end for you. It's not the end for you, because God's calling you. God's tapping you on your shoulder and asking you to submit like you know you need to. Hey, hey, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Stand at the door of your heart and I knock. I ain't going to force my way in. I got a key. I ain't going to force my way in. I'm waiting for you to open the door for yes. me. I can get in all by myself, but I'm waiting. God's waiting for you just to say yes. And you know it. Will you accept him today? 
if you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for the first time, I need you to just put in the screen, it's me, or an emoji with your hand up. Or just let us know that this is you. If there's someone in the room that's never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now is your time, today is your day. Just meet us here at the altar. It's all right. We ain't here doing this to embarrass you. We just want to make sure we understand who God's sending into the kingdom. You may not even join this church, and I'm all right with that too. I just need you to be a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all right. That is all right with me. But if you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, just put it in the emoji. Say, Put an emoji in there. Say, it's me. Say, I want prayer. I, It's me. I'm accepting the Lord right now. Today is my day. If there is one who wants to rededicate their life to Christ, you've been doing it your own way for a long time, and we understand. I've, I, I've done it myself for a long time, just did what I wanted to do because I wanted to do it. Felt like I was grown enough, big enough, bad enough to do whatever I wanted to do. And when I was done, I went back to God and God said, how'd that work out for you? And I said, I'm sorry. Today might be your day to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Today might be your day to come back home. If that's you, put an emoji in the screen, lift your hand, whatever you need to do just to acknowledge the fact that you're coming back to the king today. I need to add as well, if there's any candidates for baptism, we're coming back into service again. The doors of our church, even though they've never been closed virtually, the doors of our church are opening. And there are some that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ through our um, external, our virtual community, our virtual campus. But you've never received the Lord in, followed the Lord in baptism. Believer's baptism. It's time. We need to open up this pool, y'all. We, we need to open up this pool. We need, to, we need to make sure that we do what's necessary for the benefit of the people of God following after the example of God. If there are any candidates for baptism, and I know we've received a few, but we need to, we need to, we need to do what God's commanded there are any candidates for baptism, lift your hand, put an emoji in the screen and let us know that you want to be baptized. You want to do what Jesus did. You want to submit to the will of God. And if there are those who want to be a member of this church, who want to join with us in fellowship and fellowship, Redeemer is a great place to call home. This church has a legacy of impacting the community. And that legacy will not die anytime soon. I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. That legacy ain't going to die anytime soon. We got work to do. And we want to partner with you to get the work of the kingdom done. Now is the time, today is the day. We will review, and if you are there, we will be sure to follow up with you and make sure that you, whatever you responded to, whatever call you responded to, you have opportunity to follow after God. Can we clap our hands and give God praise? I don't know about you, but I want to be covered in the dust of my rabbi.